Kevin, we're back again. Episode 16 of Q the Ducks Boats Podcast here on a rainy, windy, snowy Friday afternoon. How are you feeling, buddy? I'm doing good, man. It's just I woke up to snow and then all day it's been rain and sleet. So it's the classic island weather. It's we we really never get snow. We get like the outskirts of things, so Usually the bad stuff, but it's good. I've been having a good day. Would you say that you're an island boy? I'm an island boy. Okay, that's done. All right, we're done. That was was terrible. To the max, bro. That was terrible. Just even hearing you say it was terrible. But let's get into it. Um, There's been a lot of good, actually, in the last couple games. I know our last, like, two podcasts have kind of been a dreary-type angle with the Bruins, but I've kind of been happy of what we've had the last three games. So let's let's get started with – the Saturday, February 19th, OT win versus Senators. How'd you feel about that one? Yeah, and like that's definitely you have to be happy about it. And it's something that we talked about before, it's like going into these games is you have to get the easy wins against the bad teams. And that's exactly what the Bruins said. Even though it was an overtime win, you still got the two points. What a shot, too, by Pasta. It was an absolute like, bingo. He, yeah, like, that was such a good shot. Like, yeah, we would have got the one point that we lost, but, like, you need these two points. And, like, that's what we need. And then especially you come in and you smoke the avalanche like that. Oh, you get two points yeah. that you weren't, like, not so, many expecting what you to get like no I, I that was a circle to me that was a circled loss it really was without Marshawn coming off the overtime game on Saturday the shootout loss on the Thursday before the the terrible I mean on the Tuesday before the terrible loss to the Islanders on Thursday I was really starting to be like fuck we're at that stage where we like we show that we can't string games together and they really turned it around. I mean, they the Bruins turned it around. They looked great against the Avalanche. And the last three games, we've had, what, two against Avalanche, one against the Kraken, one against the Senators for Pasta? Did Pasta have two last night or one? No, uh, DeBrusque had two. DeBrusque so pa- had two. Pasta's back. I mean, he, he's, he tailed off for a couple games at the start of Marshawn being gone, and he's right back where he left off, obviously with Brad's returning last night versus the Kraken. But it um, – it's just it's so important to the Bruins to have David Poshnok going. And you see, like, how much he can change a game. Like, if he's scoring, we're winning. And when you don't have, you know, when you don't have a guy like Brad, you need him to be scoring because if not, then we're a lot less dynamic of a team. But I've liked what we've had the last couple of games. Um, one thing that we didn't have on the sheet that I want to touch on before we jump into the other stuff is um, I think we are starting to see it, It's weird. Like, Swayman got the net in a couple of the last big games um he got the net against the avalanche and he did really good obviously they gave the net last night against the kraken Olmark, but that was well knowing that they were giving sway the big game the bigger game against the sharks so like i mean and not that the sharks are you know a dominant team by any means but they're better than the kraken so it seems that we're starting to kind of prioritize giving sway some of the better games right now and it leads me to this thought process that I bounced off my dad a little bit of, do you think that Bruce 
wanted Swayman all along. I know it's like it's so speculatory to even say, but Bruce was starting Swayman more than Olmark all the way till we really knew Tuca was coming back, right? And we knew it was always easier to send Swayman down. So then they tailored him off. They they tapered him off a bit, and we saw Olmark's play kick up. Then Rask came in, and things were awkward that whole pretty much week other than the one really good game that Tuca played. And now Swayman's back, and he's he's almost looks like he's starting to reclaim the net. It's it's just it's weird to me. And not that Omar's played bad really by any means. Like I, I don't mind our goalie combo. I never really have. Um, but how do you feel about all that? Like, yeah, no, totally. I definitely agree. Because like Sway has to be the man that you're going with, and like that's who Bruce likes. And just not from a long term standpoint, but. Like I mean, we have season. Olmark long term too. Like, so we can't like we have Olmark. That's the thing. Like, yeah, seasons. it's not. I, yeah, I get you. Like, you signed him. What was a five year contract? Four, four, four years? year contract. He got signed to. But the thing is, Swayman's that young guy, and ever since he came on last year, and he showed like the pressure doesn't bother me, and I'm here not just to make like, a bump in the road. Like, I'm here to make an impact. I'm gonna be that guy that's gonna fill in. I'm going to be that's here to stay. So, I think that really took Bruce Cassidy by, like, Yeah, Hallmark was, like, was four by five, so four years, five mil a year. Yeah, so, like, we, we all we all see now Bruce Cassidy is, like, all about the respect of players, and, like, if you earn Bruce's respect right from the beginning, he's going to give it to you. He's going to be so loyal to you. Yeah, I, I think Sway's of one of those guys did. that did. Swayman definitely did earn Bruce Cassidy's respect. I agree with that point. And I think you see it, right? Like, a guy like David Pasternak, I think, has always had Bruce Cassidy's respect, so he always had the long leash. And that brings me in. We'll jump this segue right in. Jake DeBrusque, right? He's a guy that I think teeter at the start on that line of having Bruce's, not respect, let's call it trust, right? He had Bruce's trust, and he lost it, and now it hasn't really quite came back. But is it? I mean, we're seeing DeBrusque get moved up to the top line, and he responded with a two-goal game. It sucks like that. I, I wish I wish his comments after the game were a little bit more like, yeah, I want to be a Bruin, you know, but they weren't. But he just, you know, he said that he doesn't want to talk about it and he doesn't want to be a distraction to his team. And I think in that regard, we have to respect him, right? Like if DeBrusque is going to play big minutes, he's going to score goals and he's going to clearly want to be there for his teammates and play good, then I think we just got to leave the trade stuff alone with him. Like it, it it is what it is at this point. If he's not being a distraction, and he's playing good hockey. Then if he stays on your team, you're happy. If he gets traded for a good asset. And at this point, I don't think they're going to trade him for anything, but a good asset. Then you're still happy because I kind of went back and forth with this this morning with Connor a bit. And just the ideal of like, um, what do we like? What do you really expect out of DeBrusque? And like, do you really want a guy who doesn't want to be on your team? And the answer is no. As much as like I like Jake DeBrusque and I like the production that he's having right now, we the, the Bruins don't need guys who don't want to be there. That does not help you win. You know what I mean? That doesn't help the ultimate goal of winning a cup. Another thing, Connor got me on a second point. I, I said that I just don't want to like get rid of him and it be he turns into Blake Wheeler. And Connor's like, well, the Blake Wheeler trade helped you win the Stanley Cup. So and he's right. You know what I mean? So it's like if we make a move that puts us over the edge or puts us over the edge for next year then it is what it is. Like you have to, because at a certain point, DeBrusque is going to become an unrestricted free agent. If he doesn't want to be in Boston, he's going to leave. So 
we might as well like make a move unless we can rectify things, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's like a big thing. Like it's a double-edged sword. Right. And that's why I talked a little about in my article. I wrote about the going to the top line Yeah, is, yeah. Is it a way like him going to the top and that's huge is he does well. Like he did last night. Like it definitely improves his trade stock when it comes to Don Sweeney, but also like, all the words that Bruce Cassidy's saying, like he's a gifted offensive player, and I yeah, trust he, he, him. And, I know he's done nothing but talk him up lately. That's the right, thing. and it's like, like uh, I asked before he we went to the top line, are you comfortable playing with two future Hall of Famers? Because if you're not, let me know because I won't do that. But if you're comfortable, and, and DeBrus was all about, it, he goes, "Hey, I'm ready for this challenge. Like this is what I've been waiting for." So DeBrus has four goals in his last three games. Like, let's not get it mixed up. He's playing good hockey, right? So he's like he's showing the talent. He showed his in his first what three years in the league. Where, yeah. Hey, yeah. I can score goals. Like his speed and everything, and like his puck control is showing. Like I'm not just some like scrub. It's no like I'm a guy. That's, I'm a top six forward that has the ability to score and set the tone for my teammates and produce those opportunities. Which he did last night, and he's done the last three games. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting because the whole thing is, if you're depressed, like, when does it get to the point where this team, the staff, the players, the management, they show, like, hey, yeah, we want you to stay, and, like, is it actually worth you staying if you're put in the right position? And that's so hard to like. I think for him, it's like he just can't trust that Cassidy's going to keep him in the right position long term. And we don't know what was said behind the scenes because a lot of people on the inside, like guys like Fluid Oceanzawa, right? Big writers for the Bruins have said that the relationship is not repairable. So, like, it, it is obviously things were said that just probably are never going to come out. And just philosophy wise, they are never going to link up. So I think DeBrus wants a fresh start. But if the success keeps coming, I don't know. I mean, do I think that people can change their minds? Yeah. I mean, think about in your life. We've changed our minds a hundred times about things you were so for sure of, right, in life. And then you're like, well, maybe this isn't for me or maybe this is. You know what I mean? Maybe this is for me. So I don't know. I, I But I do like what we're seeing out of Jake DeBrusque. And I, I think anything, it's that I've gained a lot of respect for him, that he made the trade request, vowed to his teammates that he was going to – still play hard and still be there for his teammates. The trade request goes public. All hell breaks loose for the poor kid. And all he's done is put his head down and go to work. And he's proving he's going to keep doing that. And he talked about it in his post-game interview. And he talked about how, you know, guys on the team coming out in support of him showed how much they respect him. And he really appreciated that. So, you know, I, that's really all I have to say on it. It's just, Whatever happens is going to happen, and it's obviously way out of our control, but I think Bruins fans should support Jake Dabrowski and whatever happens, be happy with it, kind of. Unless we give him away for peanuts, right? That's the actual biggest fear, but I don't really see that happening either. So, Yeah, that's the whole thing. Here, of course, is trade is one of the year, but he has never once given up on his teammates or this team. He goes in there gaming, cannot give him his 100%. That's all you can, that's all you can ask, and like, you have to give respect for him for doing that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, next one, really just Brad Marsh on back. Thank the Lord. Very happy we have Marshy back. He had seven shots on goal last night. He looked pretty good. He didn't get any points, but I don't think they'll keep him off the score sheet uh, tomorrow. What is they play tomorrow night at 10? They won't keep yeah, him off. Yeah, 10 p.m. in San Jose. Yeah, well, 
I think we probably we stay up. We watch that nice late night game. But I um yeah, I, I think he'll he'll get a point. I I book it, guarantee it. He gets a point tomorrow night. I'll find the odds on it. We'll tweet it out because it's gonna happen. Brad Marsh doesn't go six games off and two games out of the point. So, and before we jump to kind of around the league news, I want to look at this little stretch the Bruins have here. So we have Sharks, Kings, Ducks, Golden Knights, right? So let's look tomorrow. Sharks Monday, Kings Tuesday, Ducks. So back to back there, back to back in Cali. Not too bad. So a bunch of late games coming up. And Golden Knights. I'd like to see the Bruins win three out of these four games. I really would. And that would cement them to back to rolling. So what's that one game you think they'll lose? Golden Knights? Uh, I'm going to pencil it up as the Ducks again. I don't like our mix against the Ducks. But I, I'd like to see them win it. But yeah, no, I, I actually... The Bruins will really be... They'll get up to play against the Knights. You know what I mean? They'll get up to play yeah. that game. So I, I would like to see the Bruins go win against the Sharks, win against the Kings... I'd take the loss against the Ducks or the Golden Knights, really. I think either one of those, get we can flip-flop those. But I'd like to see how they get through that little stretch there. It's going to be a tough stretch for sure. But Because those teams are no slouches anymore. Like the Kings, the Ducks, they're not a joke anymore. So, Right, yeah, they're legit. It's crazy all the young talent's finally coming yeah. to fruition. So. Yeah, no, for sure. But just kind of like jump bouncing around now, like looking at other things in the league that the, the – and I'll jump right into the odds and then we'll jump back and forth. But the Carolina Hurricanes and the Calgary Flames are both sitting. Well, the Hurricanes are plus 1,200. The Flames are plus 600. That is such a good price for those plus two teams. Plus 1,600. It's plus 1,600. Sorry. It's such a good price for those teams. Like, I think either of them could win the cup this year. But really, like, jumping on the Flames, they have been red hot lately. Have you, have you been following them at all? Yeah. I actually have an article that's been to come out about them and how they've been able to get their success. So stay tuned for that this weekend. Other than Even last though, night like, where they lost 7-1 to the Vancouver. Oh, that was so bad. Like, I know. That's like, I, it's funny because like we were like. I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like should have got realized is like, if you look at it and they're like. They had won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, they won 10 straight. 10 straight. In the- <laughs> no, but if you look in like their whole like. The franchise history, they always they've had multiple ten game winning streaks, but they've never gotten over ten. Like they always lose that eleventh game, so it's kind of like this history repeats itself. Yeah, it ended up doing that. But my thing is like they rode Markstrom, like instead of giving like yeah. him a break and so, going to the dar, they put him for like four straight games. I know because I only catch like I'll catch the occasional flame game. Flames game that I'll watch on ESPN Plus. I actually like uh, I like a lot of players in the Flames. Yeah, Johnny um, Hockey. Yeah, I'm a big Johnny Hockey fan. I like Matthew Tuchuk. I like um, obviously I love Milan Lucic. I like Noah Hannafin. So like I I watch some games here and there. But I popped into their stats the other day and I couldn't believe it that Vladar has like he has not played. What has he played? Like 11 games. I'll look it up. Yeah, he 10 wrong. games. But dude, yeah, Jacob Markstrom has played seven straight games. Yeah, I know. So they're riding their dogs. I mean, it's working, right? Like he's a beast. So good for them. I mean, I think that they have as good of a chance as anyone at winning a Stanley Cup. And I think right now, plus 1,600, like throw a couple units on them and throw a couple units on the Kane because the Canes, because they're two of the most talented teams. And they've been, they've been strong all year. It's like, I mean, honestly, they're. They're both pretty legit. Like the Hurricanes are in first place in the Metro and the Flames are in first place in the Pacific. So 
Yeah, no, that's one of the biggest things I've been seeing like, constantly in reading the articles is like all the favorites are coming out of the West. Like all eight teams are pretty much decided in the East right now. Like what they have right now is probably what you'll see for the playoffs. And the like the West is kind of up in the air, but once again, Colorado's the favorite. Like Colorado is a yeah. plus four twenty-five to win the cup. And they're a plus one fifty just to make it to the Stanley Cup. Like that's unreal. Like they're so odds. good, but I don't there's something about the Avalanche where when the moment's been big, this core has failed. Yeah, it's just like last season when they lost to the Golden so, Knights. I'm like they were the favorites again last year. Yeah, and, and then they lose in the playoffs. And then the Golden Knights lost to the Canadians, but that's a tragedy. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, but um was... like I just don't I don't know. It's like I know how good the Avs are. Something about them though, it's like I just don't I think when the going gets tough, they don't have the right mental makeup to win those games. And they easily, they have enough talent to prove me wrong. And they, well, their guys they, are getting older. So, I mean, it could. When the going gets tough, Nathan McKinnon slashes a referee. But Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shout out Kevin's article. Kevin's <laughs> been on a writing storm. But yeah, I mean, that was a joke. Like, right, if Brad Marchand slashes the ref like that right off the faceoff and then says to uh, player safety that he meant to do it to a player, He's suspended, but Nathan McKinnon's not. That's right, like, so it shows you were trying to inflict yeah. some harm to someone on the ice. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, I was just trying to viciously slash someone on the other team, but yeah, fuck it. Oh, yeah, it was that yeah. Thomas No Six just sitting there like yeah. five feet away. Yeah, it's great. I was like, but whatever. You don't have a charm oh, stick there, buddy. Get yeah, it. some other some other good bets, though, right? Like, I think Tampa at plus 750 is pretty good money. Um, the odds of them winning again, who knows? I mean, Tampa could win again. They're really good. They have a lot of talent, and they're gritty, so... I think the Leafs at plus 850 is not yeah, a stay price. off that. <laughs> not a good price. I mean, I get it that the Leafs are super talented, but they have to get through the first round of the playoffs before I'm comfortable putting any money on them. Yeah. Like I think if the Leafs get through the first round, they could be on to something. They'll have so much momentum. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, Penguins at, Penguins at plus 1,600. Yeah. That's something. When the Penguins are high, like, yeah. I mean, Tristan Yari's been so bad these last four games. Yeah. I just, like, I don't know. It, I, I know the Penguins have the pieces, but I just don't, I don't like their back end enough for them to win a Stanley Cup. Chris Letang is, you know, he's a great player. He has been for a while, but defensively, he has lapses. And I just don't know who really picks it up that much, you know? They have guys, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that they have the defensive game to win the Stanley Cup. I really don't. And I, don't get me wrong, I don't think the Bruins do either. So I'm not, like, trying to be a homer here and be like, oh, you know. I, I don't think the Bruins have the defensive make to win a cup either. So don't. Yeah, I can't even tell you what the Bruins' odds are, and I probably won't because I'll tell you not to take them either. But Yeah, I, I mean, but, I, you know, we'll see how the trade deadline goes and we'll see how all that goes. Just some note, notely news is around the NHL. Zdeno Chara, Big Z, um, one of the best defensemen ever played the game, now has played the most games at any defenseman ever. Um, I think, you know, we can both agree Zdeno Chara is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He um, kind of changed the way, like, defense was played. He was such an anomaly at his size, and he's still doing it. Obviously not at the level he once did, but he will – Always drink for free in Boston. That's for yeah, sure. one thousand six hundred and fifty-two games. It's a lot of hockey. What he's, yeah, twenty-four seasons. It's a lot of hockey. And one thousand twenty-three of those games are played in Boston. Yep. So, so he's always a he'll always be a Bruin to me. And um, 
Yeah, seeing yeah. a guy that's six nine raise that cup like seventeen yeah, in the insane. air just doesn't happen often. Actually, I met him. Um, well, not met him, but I went. I went to like a, I have the Bruins commemorative like twenty eleven Stanley Cup champion book, and I have it signed by Chara. I went with my mom. It was actually a pretty cool memory that I have. But um, Chara, yeah, Chara's just he means a lot to the city of Boston, and he always will. So. Um, congratulations on breaking the record, Big Z. Corey Perry, I see you put on the sheet. Corey Perry has his 400th career goal. Corey Perry's kind of having a little bit of like a resurgence back, bounce back here, huh? Like he's really been like, he's been going for it. And it's kind of yeah. like, it's funny to like look at his stats, right? Like Corey Perry has 14 goals and 14 assists. Like it shows that guys who are like superstar talents for scoring goals, even if they have some like lapsed seasons, when they get in the right situations again, like they can rescore, they can go right back to it. So like, you know, just look like back to 2018, I guess would be Corey Perry's last good season. He was a 49 point player, 17 goals, 32 assists. Next year in Anaheim can only get in 31 games. He has 10 points. Then Dallas only gets in 57, but that was in a shortened season, 21 points, 49 games last year, 21 points. But this year he's 28 points, 50 games, 14 goals, 14 assists. I guarantee that if he stays healthy, he's a 20 goal scorer again. Just shows like these guys can just play for a long time. These super talented players. Yeah, and also shows like the depth that Tampa's building there. Like, yeah, he's an older guy. That he's a honey badger. Like, yeah, it's get him in here. He's gonna help us win games. Yeah, well, and he's part of that. You know, he's part of that amazing 20, 2003 draft. You have Flurry, Eric Stahl, Nathan Horton. Um, just looking at these names, you know, Thomas Vanek, Ryan Suter, Braden Coburn, Dion Phaneuf, Andre Kostitsin, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Brent Seabrook, Zach Parisi, Ryan Getzlaff, Brent Burns, Ryan Kessler, Mike Richards, Brian Boyle, Corey Perry, Patrick Eves. That's just the first round. The second round in there you have um, Louis Erickson goes in the second round in all three, Josh Hennessy the best player of all time, Patrice Bergeron. Just like there's so many guys who like were in this 2003 draft. Ridiculous. David Backus is a second round pick. Jimmy Howard. I'm trying to see if there's anyone in the third round that really like pops off too. But like, there's just, it's like ridiculous how good of a draft this really was. Um, just so much talent on the top end of that. Mostly um, Canadians too. But that kind of wraps up the hockey talk. I think brings us into our um, next section of our show, which is our, bet us section of the show kev tell us a little bit about bet us tell me what you like about bet us well the one thing i love about bet us is they have everything every sport every line every possible thing you can bet on they have it there for you it's amazing even like for the football like i was saying last episode the off-season lines like you can bet on who gets drafted first overall they have it all there for you. So yeah, and you know what? Hop on and bet. You know what? They have a quick word. They have a quick word for us because they're our show sponsor and they're friends of Inside the Rink. Bet US, Bet US, Kevin. Bet US. They have all of your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for betus.com with promo code RINK. That's R-I-N-K for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use code RINK for your 125% bonus and play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Kevin, lead us into the NFL section. Let's talk draft order. 
you ready to talk draft order or are you dilly dallying? Oh, what are you doing? I'm always ready, man. All right. Yeah, so the draft order this year. So over back to back years, you're gonna have the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one pick. Um well, I'm looking at the wrong draft order right now. Detroit's number two, Houston's number three, the Jets are number four, Giants oh, number here we five. Go, yeah. Just trying to help you out. He was clearly not prepared. We have a sheet, guys, so like I don't know. I know I, I had it here, but I don't know why it's Yeah, no, so Do you need a Jacksonville, then Detroit. Houston, the Jets, then the Giants, Carolina Panthers, and then back to the Giants. Yeah, That's Giants have some good capital. They have some it's gonna be interesting. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, you have a couple teams in the top ten. So you have the Giants at the fifth and the seventh. You have the Jets have the fourth, and they have the tenth. So you have two teams that both have two top ten picks. So really, whether you want to address quarterback, O line, double O line, defense, and O line. So for who the Giants? You're looking yeah. at if you look at like the most recent mock draft on CBS, they have the Giants with their first pick going Kyle Ham- Hamilton. Uh, he's the safety out of Notre Dame. They have the second pick, them taking George Karloftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue. Then they have them circling back and grabbing. Just trying to see quick here. Um, I don't know. I think they have them trading out. They have them trading out the other picks. So, what the Giants? Yeah. See, I'm a Todd McShay guy. I go with my boy Todd McShay. Tom McShay lives on Nantucket, flies out every week. Oh, no, no, no. The Giants are only picking twice. Sorry, that was my mistake. I see, the, I see Tom McShay every week. So I base myself on Tom McShay, my boy. And what Tom McShay has, fifth of all, is Kayvon Thibodeau, the D.N. Morgan, falling to that five. And then them come back on the seventh, again, Charles Cross, that opposite I'm getting, I'm Mississippi getting State. McShay's, I'm getting McShay's brought up. Yeah. Oh, I so can't I see it. I'm not signed in the ESPN Plus. Oh, uh, dude, you got to sign in. See, Jake thought I was unprepared. I'm prepared. I'm already signed yeah, in. I don't know. I know I'm unprepared. Try to call me out like that. Oh, I got you, guy. Yeah, I know. That's a big thing for the Giants. Like, you watched his last season. They need offensive line help. You can't let Saquon Barkley not be able to be Saquon Barkley. And another big thing I saw was the Giants probably will decline. Daniel Jones's fifth year option. You think they will? I think they will. I don't. They came out publicly and said that Daniel Jones was their guy. Yeah, I still don't see them picking it up. You really can't trust anything that people say in football, but still, I don't. You can't trust the the Maras and the Giants. Like they suck. Who's your uh, Who's your top QB coming off the board? Kenny Pickett. Yeah, like so. Yeah, I love Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Like, he's a ball. He's like the typical big body, big arm QB. Like, Matt Coral, like, I definitely would have had higher, but for him, me, his knee is that he's in that bowl game. So, unless he's like 100% healthy by the draft, there's going to be some issues, but I think he'll still go top three, top five. And then it also comes down to like what teams want. If you want that potential upside, you go Malik Willis from Liberty. Yeah, I was going to say my number one's Malik Willis. Like, he has that Lamar Jackson-esque. 
Yep. He's that scrambler. He can run like that new aged. Yeah, I, I think Malik Willis is my number one, but we'll see how it all goes. I mean, it's I honestly like don't even want to get any deeper into it because like we're just so far out. I think we'll do some much more in depth looks into the like the drafts. You know what I mean? What about what do you think for the number one overall pick though? Number one overall pick. I think they're gonna go O line. I think Jackson will take Evan Neal. Yeah, Evan Neal Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I th- like yeah, like I really do. Like I think they they need to shore up their O line there. There's two teams who think about they need to shore up their O lines for their quarterback's longevity. Who is it? The Jaguars and the Bengals. Yeah. I think the Jaguars are going to go. The they'll go like in a back end guy. They'll probably be looking at like. Um, no, for the Bengals, though, offensive lineman, offensive guard, Brandon Schiff. That's one guy they should ball out. Bernhard Rainman. Raymond. From Central Michigan. Junior from Central Michigan. Big boy, 6'7, 305 pounds. Maybe. I threw that off the boards, huh? You didn't know that I had done my notes on him. You didn't think that's where that was wow. coming. Let's talk about – let's jump off this. We're going to get – No, but I want to talk about Kenny it. Pickett real quick. Oh, my God. Fine. Kenny Pickett. Yeah, no. So, Tom actually had him on number 11 to Washington. So, the big theme is Washington's finally going to move on and they're going to find their quarterback. He doesn't get there. Kenny Pickett. He doesn't get there. He's going to get picked at six. He's going to go to Carolina. I don't know, dude. Carolina may or may not. What, do you think they want to roll roll around with Sam Darnold? Dude, they could. could. Tom McShay has Gardner, the cornerback, and Sensi going number six. Sensi's always valued uh, defense first. So, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about all that. But we'll see how it goes. Really, I mean, like, I, it's too far out. I haven't done enough research, really. Like, I'm usually pretty good at, like, when we get close, I'll be pretty locked in on who's going where and get kind of close just because for fantasy reasons obviously like we didn't do it much this year because of timing but like this podcast at its roots and at its idea like there's going to be a heavy fantasy football input when football season's really going like i think malik willis to the pittsburgh steelers we'll see let's talk troy aikman's monday night football deal what's it paying him like 15 million a year or was it 17 dude so they said it's gonna break romo's 10 year 160 it's gonna be stupid money. Yep. I mean that's good for him. Good for him. I like Aikman. I like Aikman. He's one of my favorite people to listen to. On yeah, he says some dumb shit sometimes. Joe Buck. I hate yeah. those two together. Yeah, he says some dumb stuff sometimes, but I still I like Aikman. I mean Obviously, you can't blame it. It's the C T that man took a lot of hits. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but he won he won. Yeah, a lot of hits of what? Crack and being on the Cowboys back then. Yeah, uh, and then the big thing is if Aikman does leave, um the next person in line is Drew Brees or Sean Mc, um, Sean Payton. Two names that would take over for him if he does, in fact, leave and go to Monday Night Football. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's all gonna be interesting. I, I like to me. It's almost like it's like I don't really care, and then I'll just complain when the season starts. It's like I look at all of them. I liked Romo in his first year. I think Romo. I like. I can't even watch games anymore with Romo. I'm so sick of his predictions and the dumb stuff he says all game. It drives me insane. Like when Romo does Cowboys games, it's like nails across the chalkboard to me. I just don't want to hear him anymore, really. But I don't know. How about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, so Deshaun Watson every offseason. <laughs> the uh, I know. 
kind of funny to laugh at. But his name keeps picking up some steam, and with this off this off season, nine of the thirty-one accusations against him have like standing, and they're going to trial or civil court or whatever. So but it's like, who wants that guy in their team? Like, I would be like, would you want him on your team? I don't know. It's like, like character wise, no, no, talent wise, hundred percent. Yeah, see, I'm just going like, with no. Like, I just don't even – I want, like, character guys. Like, when you're – see, for the Cowboys, like, when your GM's an absolute cartoon cartoon character and your coach is an idiot, you need character guys. So, like, you, you just – it can, can never happen in Dallas. Like, it just can't – No, I'm completely no, what can be a lot is – Dolphins. <laughs> would you trade Mac Jones to get Deshaun Watson? What? No. No chance. So there's some people that don't think Mac Jones can sustain in the NFL and that you have the opportunity to get to Sean Watson that you should pull that trade. No, I disagree completely. That's a dumb trade. There's no way it would happen. I'm a Mac Jones guy. Jones for life. Let him uh, see what he can do. Yeah, I think you guys should roll with Mac Jones. You had a Pro Bowl quarterback as a rookie. I don't know if you really want to mess with that. Patriots are kind of in a little bit of squalor, though. You see, like, the J.C. Jackson problems. He's out talking, saying he hasn't been made an offer yet, but he would play on a tag. He's kind of being a dick. But, you know, you got to know that Bill Belichick, number one, doesn't like that. Number two, he doesn't like to pay corners. Unless you're Stephon Gilmore and you know you're underpaying yeah. him. Yeah. But, like, really, I mean, I don't know. Like, how do you feel about all that? Well, like, my thing is, you have J.C. Jackson, undrafted corner, straight ball hawk. Like, He's proven his worth. And for, like, Bill Belichick not even to reach out to J.C. Jackson or J.C. Jackson's camp, it's kind of like, it is a little disrespectful. It's like, I show him a little courtesy, like, hey, we're working on it. We're trying to figure out the numbers. But for right now, we don't have a number. Don't just, like, cold cock the guy. And it's like, guess what? We're going to keep you in the dark. We won't reach out. Show him at least a little respect that he deserves. Yeah. Because if he goes to any other team, he's going to get paid. Oh, try yeah. No, be, I mean, try to be diplomatic and maybe get him on. Yeah. That, not, see, that's the maybe thing. Maybe get him on like, a hometown discount. That's he may do it. Bill. He may not, but it doesn't hurt to try. At what point, like, I know he had good success this year with the team that no one expected to, but at what point do you say, like, Bill Belichick's style of doing things has to change? Because times are changing. The younger generations don't give a shit that he's Bill Belichick. They want to get paid and they want to get treated like pro athletes. They don't want to get treated like high school kids anymore. You know what I mean? So that's like, why that's why Joe Tooney went to KC. Because the big thing is KC has a college like atmosphere. Yeah, it's like it's just you can be whoever you want to be. You can have fun, party, but you're still gonna win. Do your job. That's the thing. It's like at a certain point, like I mean, but. Bill has made exceptions, right? Like he let Gronk be himself. He let some people be themselves, but still, it's just like overall, like I mean, he let Aaron Hernandez be himself in the Dubai yeah, Bowl. Three people, but... yeah, it didn't go good. Exactly. So, like maybe it was a learning lesson for him. But Jesus Christ, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Patriots talk's done. Where do you, where will you where do you think Jimmy G is going to go? You have any idea on that? I would love to see Jimmy G go to Denver. That's my number one fit. Yeah, for Jimmy G. 
I don't mind that. He Jimmy G can he can play football. He can throw the ball to stars, and they're stars there. They have a great receiving core, right? Like, I mean, he can feed the ball to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and um, Jimmy Patrick and Noah Patrick, Noah Fant. There's a lot of targets. You have the rookie running back Garoppolo. Yeah, um, Javante Williams. Williams. I think that Garoppolo could be an asset there. I don't disagree with that at all. I guess really like the whole topic sheet is kind of like Patriots related because then we have Juju to the Pats on a prove it deal. I see that everywhere. And people who are like, we don't want this guy, you're dumb. I want Juju. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster would be pretty good with Mac Jones, I think. Um, I think their personalities would mesh well. I think he would cut it back a little bit for Bill, like they all do. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that had 1,400 yards in yeah. second season in the league. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't. Yeah, like, 116 catches. I like, think that if you draft a receiver in the top two rounds and you sign Juju, that changes the whole face of your offense. So, yeah. I think yeah, that you don't have like Garrett guy. Wilson or Drake London. Like, yep, exactly. And then yeah. Juju, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah, 100%. Kendrick Vaughn is your third. or Yeah, no, I, I think all those could work. Um so let's go with one last topic here before we wrap things up and we get into our spiel. I want to give a bet of the week too, but one last topic here. Let's do who's your way too early team that makes the big leap this year in the NFL. I know I've been going back and forth on these teams and it's definitely tough to predict, but for me, it's even though like, mm, because there's so many teams that have been borderline. You like you have the Chargers, you have the Colts, you even have Pittsburgh, you have Vegas. Like it's like that have been back and forth. But I think the big one that's going to make a difference next year, I think Minnesota. I think they're going to take the leap and they're going to make it back to the playoffs. I just think with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach, he's going to get Kirk Cousins squared away. Like you have Thielen. You have Jefferson, you have Dalvin Cook, you'll go add the right pieces in the draft. And I think they'll finally be back to being a playoff team in Minnesota. What about you, Jake? I disagree completely on everything you just said. I think Minnesota is going in the complete opposite direction. I think Kirk Cousins is getting older and less athletic and less productive. Um, so I disagree completely. I'm going to actually go right back to what we talked about last. I think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. I think the Denver Broncos have a stud young running back. I think they have a stud receiver core, and they're going to address quarterback this offseason. I think their defense is okay. They can get the job done. I really think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. You know, we're, we're talking about the team to make the leap. We're not talking about a team full of, you know, that dominated this year. So I'll go with that. And then I have a bet. I have a couple. I mean, Minnesota bets. was 8-9. and nine. They're not far off. No, no, no. I, I agree. But I have a couple bets for us. All right? I have one for tomorrow and one for Sunday. I have tomorrow in the day game, Capitals. I have the Capitals on the money line beating the Flyers. You like that? Yeah, I don't mind it. And then I have on Sunday a little Parlay Cafe for you. A little Parlay Cafe of the Ducks, the Winnipeg Jets, and the St. Louis Blues. We'll get that tweeted out. So Blues, Jets, Ducks. The Blues are playing the Blackhawks. The Jets are playing the Coyotes. And the Ducks are playing the Islanders. I think those would be three nice wins. And if you probably bet together, it should be pretty good money. You have any for us? 
No. No? Uh, Rolling with those? No. I'll go with yours. It is what it is. I think maybe we hit that Sunday one, maybe leave the Ducks off. Maybe we put them on. Who knows? We'll check the numbers. All right. I like the Rangers over the uh, Canucks. Canucks, I know, but the Canucks just like had – they blew up the Flames last night, so it kind of scares me. No, never be scared. That kind of wraps things up so for us, guys, this week. This is just a quick one. Um, we have a lot of stuff to get done, and I just want to let you guys know that we are going to continue to grow this thing, and we have some really fun ideas coming very, very soon, so stay tuned, as well as check out all the articles that Kevin's been writing. He's been producing content at a crazy rate for us over at Inside the Rink, and um, I used to tell you to go to Inside the Rink to read everyone's articles, but go to Inside the Rink to read Kevin's articles, and that's where you can find our podcast. That's where you can find our merchandise. We can get sweatshirts, T-shirts, everything. And just keep supporting us and keep supporting the platform. The support we got in the last couple of weeks has been awesome. I mean, last episode, we're at over 1,300 downloads on it, which is way, way further along than either Kevin or I thought we were going to be at the 15-episode mark. So um, we're definitely energized to keep this thing coming to you guys and keep it going for a long time. Um, you know, we've made it 16 episodes, and I can't wait till we talk about our 100th. So we're going to keep all this rolling along, and thank you for all the support. And you can give us a follow at Q the Duck Boats Pod with a Z. Nope, just Q the Duck Boats with a Z on um, on Twitter. And thank you for all the support. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>